0: Have you yeah. have mm. you, but you've had to like reuse some like if you started out doing it you know for oh. all those years there's got to be some recycled yeah. ones,
1: okay yeah. Or at least updated I mean, Hell, i yeah. i i I look down and I've written the same one four different times over thirty something years you know <laughs> but but you just don't remember, but (laughs) you know, at the, at the height of it, it, and I will always be that guy. People like, Oh yeah, that's the, you might be a redneck guy, but right at the height, at the height of it, I, I would do like five minutes of them at the end of the show. So it was five minutes out of a two hour act. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, that was in the mid nineties because like, I mean, I haven't been doing them on stage for a long time, but, but, but here's the thing about them that, They're one-liners, so they're easy to remember, Right. they're easy to retell, you know, you remember it, you tell it at the water cooler, you get a laugh, and (laughs) so we kind of live in an age where nobody does one-liners, so they, I mean, they probably, you know, Mm. stand out because of that.
0: It's kind of like Dice having to do the nursery rhymes all the time. He's never going to get out from under that.
1: Yeah, right? So, but, you know, when I think of myself as a comic, I don't I don't do, I'm more of a, like a storyteller than, you know, a one-liner kind of guy. But, mm, yeah, that's, right. and thank God people remembered something. You know, sure. what I found early on, it the was great when you were doing radio, because you didn't have to set up a whole bid. You could just, you know, do those and knock them out, and people went, oh, that's that guy.
2: So, right. Yeah, I'm so. going to go buy tickets. I'm for you might want to yeah, do five right. of them
0: right now. You want to sell some tickets? Do <laughs>
2: <laughs> you got a couple of new ones or a couple of classics? Give us, uh, you know. I'll, I'll you tell got... you one of my all-time favorites. So,
1: I, years ago, I was doing a NASCAR radio on Sirius, mm. and and they said, "All right, make up make up a redneck joke right now." And I'm like, "Well, that's not really how it happens." But but this one hit me on the spot. It's if your son's name. Is Dale Junior, and your name's not Dale. You might be right. That's
2: good. That's a
0: good one. Hey, yeah. Jeff, we're talking to Jeff Foxworthy, comedian. He's doing uh, he's doing the Good Old Days tour at the RP Funding Center in Lakeland this Wednesday night. When you were doing, are you smarter than a fifth grader? Did it ever make you sad for humanity? Ah. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> yeah. It's-
1: and it was funny because you would think that the network wouldn't want to give away the million dollars. They they could care less. But they would come to me before the show and they were like, oh, this lady's really smart. She's probably going to win the million bucks. And then she would, you know, go out on a third grade question. So, <laughs> but it was the pr- the premise of the show was so beautiful because when Mark Burnett called me, he said, would you be interested in hosting a game show? And I'm like, no, don't want to do it. Too cheesy. And I said, I said, what's the premise? He said, adults taking an elementary school test for a shot at a million bucks. <laughs> and I went, crap, dude, that's brilliant. because
2: right,
1: Everybody's going yeah. yeah. to think they can do it, you know, and you just you couldn't. I mean, it's, you know, I, I don't know why my brain re- decided for 50 years to retain all the lyrics to the Gilligan's Island theme song right? But it decided to delete hmm. everything about triangles. It's like, triangles, we don't need that. Get rid of that. Keep, 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 keep the it's Gilligan's so true. Island theme song.
2: Yeah. And, then the, and then the people, the contestants are on there. I mean, they're under pressure on TV. Uh, I could imagine people are dumber because you just your oh. brain, everything isn't normal. It's just not a normal environment for people. It makes it wait. So that smart lady, I mean, it's way tougher for her than she would normally be when she's relaxed. It's got to be. And all the game would, shows. And
1: you would see that happen all the time. You know, they'd yeah. come out, and the and the audience would be yelling, and those bright lights would hit them, and and I would just look at them and go, "They're done. They're done." Right.
0: Yeah. You know, <laughs> right. <so. laughs> did you ever? So, did you pre-interview the people that were coming on the show? Well, I didn't personally, but they would. Okay. I mean, they'd come back yeah. and they'd go, "You know, mm. this lady's an astronaut. She
1: knows everything." <laughs> right. <laughs> I was going to say, if you pre, if you pre, <laughs> well, this. Put it this way: Somebody asked me. They said, "What was your favorite part of doing that show?" I said, "The part where they handed me the card with the answers on it." Because right. <laughs> I I'm not Alex Trebek. I I knew none of that stuff. And we had a lady on one night. She, it, she had like a second grade grammar question, and it it was something about an antonym. And she goes, "Oh!" She goes, "I remember there were homonyms and synonyms and antonyms." She said. I can't remember the difference in them. Can you use it in a sentence? And oh, I was like, uh, "My my aunt and them came over for Christmas dinner." I have no <laughs> idea. You know, right, 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 uh, I, <laughs> don't That's right. Don't look to me for help.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey Jeff, so uh, you uh, you have a couple of daughters? I saw. I didn't I didn't realize you've been married a long time. You have? Are they grown now and out of the house and stuff?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. The one of them's almost thirty. One of them's twenty-seven. Uh, the my locks. Son, in fact, <laughs> they <laughs> they live too close by. They've got a key, but uh, <laughs> oh. over I did become a grandpa over COVID. For the that's first my next month, question.
2: Are grandpa congratulations. now? Congratulations.
1: Yeah. yeah, and uh, let me tell you the coolest thing. I don't know how my daughter pulled it off, but somehow. She was able to get on the Jerry Springer show, and we were able to find out who the father is without spending one dime out of our own pocket. So that's, nice. That's <laughs> big. Uh,
2: oh, that's tight family. That's beautiful. Yeah,
1: well, and, you know, and, I, and of course, I'm kidding. We we have no idea who the father is.
2: So. <laughs> Over, uh, did you have a big long gap like most people, where you were not doing shows at all during yeah, COVID times? Know, I guess. It,
1: well. Put it this way, I've been doing this 37 years, the longest I had ever gone without being on stage. When each of my daughters were born, I took two weeks off. So before COVID, it was two weeks, and then I went a year and a half without being on
0: stage. So you had two-week-old daughters, and you would go on the road and leave your wife home with (laughs) uh, newborns, and you're still married? Yeah, 37 years been married
1: so. Jeff that's uh, the kind
0: of stuff That gets men killed in their sleep <laughs> <laughs> I mean most of those men Aren't bringing home You know you want to be a redneck money right, <laughs>
2: That's, that's right. the
0: stuff that actually, gets you killed in the you know, sleep Actually it worked It
1: worked out great Because like I was playing clubs and all Before we had kids And then right about the time my kids were born It changed to theaters You know it was like I was starting So instead of being gone Tuesday through Sunday, I was just gone like Friday and Saturday night. I was out Mm. doing shows.
0: That's better.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, so yeah, I was home more days than I was.
0: And the Blue Collar Comedy Tour, that ended up doing arenas, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Well,
1: I think we still have Mm. the the record for the uh, Bridgestone Arena in Nashville. We did 20-something thousand people. Um, because you know, we didn't require a lot of space, you know, so, right, yeah, that was nuts. uh, <laughs> and, and it's, and it's funny, even to this day, I prefer doing like a theater because comedies, it's standups, kind of a more intimate thing. So when sure. it went to arenas, it was just weird. You, you'd walk out and go, oh
2: crap, this is too big. Yeah. You know, this is too many people. There's but, such a thing uh, where you get too big, I guess, you know?
1: Well, you know, for comedy, I mean, for music, yeah. it probably yeah. you know it doesn't matter, but right. you know, comedy is just one person and a microphone, and and what you would find is nobody looked at you; they were all looking at the big screens. Right. So the, somebody might be on the sixth road, but they're not even looking at you; they're looking up at the screen, and it was just <laughs> it was just weird, you know. You know, I, mean, to... I love doing that tour. That tour, you know, we did it. We were going to mm-hmm. do it for three months. We all cleared three months to do it, having no idea it was going to blow up like that. We ended up doing oh the God. first tour for three years. Uh, <laughs> it's
0: crazy. Did it, When it was announced and when you, were, you originally thought it up and you were going to go out for three months, did it start in arenas or did it get to arenas?
1: Yeah, the, well, the first night, the first show we ever did, it was in Omaha. We did 9,000 people. And and here's the crazy thing: the promoters had wanted us to come up with like some big thing for the end. But I grew up like a fan of the Carol Burnett show, and Mm -hmm. my favorite thing was when they when they would get to laughing at each other. And so I went back to the promoters, and I just I said, "Look, instead of it being big, can we just do something small?" I said, "Because as a comic, when you do your job right, you keep a straight face; you don't laugh." I said. But we've all been friends forever. Can we just go out there on stools and tell stories and try to make each other laugh? And they said, sure. Well, that first night, I was the last comic doing stand-up. When I bring the guys back out and they bring the stools, we, it wasn't something you could rehearse. We had no idea if Great. it was going to work or not. You know, So you got 9,000 people out there, and you're like, please, God, let this work. And we did it, said goodnight. And everybody there stood up, and we looked at each other and went, oh, crap.
2: Yeah, you got <laughs> it. You <laughs> hit it. You know, yeah, yeah. And
1: so, I, I mean, it caught us by surprise. We were like, mm. hell, I had no idea it was going to work like this.
2: Yeah. And all the time you've been doing this, and and we're talking to Jeff Foxworthy, who I didn't know this stat that you're the largest selling comedian ever of, of recording material. Like, everybody buys your, well, back then, cassettes, CDs, albums, whatever, You're the largest selling of anybody in history, which I find absolutely incredible. And by the way, congratulations. But being as big. And my wife said, she said, you know, you'll probably always have that
1: because nobody buys comedy records anymore. (laughs) Nobody buys any kind of of records anymore.
2: Yeah, uh, that's true. So as as big as you were uh, and are still, is there anybody you've met, not a comedian? But just a person where you're like, I can't believe in my life that I finally met, you know, the Pope. You know, is there someone like that where you're like, I know I've done a lot of things. I've had a lot of success, but I never in my wildest dreams expected I would meet this person. Is there someone like that over your career that you've run into?
1: I mean, there's a like, you know, like if you go through my house, there's there's not a you wouldn't. I don't have Jeff stuff up everywhere. Mm-hmm, but right. I do have I've got a picture uh, of me sitting in the chair talking to Johnny Carson, and he's got his mouth wide open just gut laughing. There right so, you go. You know, that's <laughs> one of those moments where you go, holy crap, Johnny called me over to the couch, and I made him gut laugh, you know.
0: So, Com- that's a Comedians thing. have always I, I said that the goal is getting to the couch. It's not doing your set on Carson on The Tonight Show. It was getting to the couch. When you well, got to the couch to- –
1: Go ahead. Yeah, because there were three ways. And they would say, if Johnny doesn't like you, he'll just clap. If he likes you, Mm. he'll give you the big okay sign, meaning, you know, really like what you did. And if he loves you, he'll call Mm. you to the couch. Well, at that point, I had been doing 500 shows a year. I did 500 shows a year for eight years in a row. And so you do do your six minutes, and you're scared to look because it's like Caesar, you know, with the thumb <laughs> up and down, do, do I live or do I die? So he was a
0: career maker or crusher?
1: It, it it was, well, back then it was a total career maker because getting called to the couch, like the next week, like Vegas hotels were calling going, can, can you come headline? You know, oh, no, so that's how that worked, it literally right. was a career maker. I mean, mm. a week or two after that happened, Showtime called and said, hey, we want to give you a special. And, you
0: know, so that's you're like,
2: cool. holy crap. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's the power.
0: Now, wow. do you, when you do a, a special for Netflix, like you have a special with the Cable guys called We've Been Thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you able, do they tell you how it's doing or is it just, it's done, Netflix sent writes the check and you just move on from it?
1: Kind of the, kind of the latter. Yeah, yeah. Is, you know, it, but I'll tell you how, how those things have changed. Like in the old days, when I did a special, I would always want it to be long so people could get their money's worth. And right. now they're, you know, now people are like, no, we don't want a two hour respect. We just right. want an hour because we live in such a short attention span world that yep. people don't want to watch anything for two and hours. And that's when you, you, you turn know? around, you, you're
0: going to pay me how much for one hour? <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> yes please
1: in fact i'm i'm getting ready i was right before COVID hit i had went away and i wrote all new material and there's no other way to do it other than going in little clubs with note cards in your hand going hey is this funny is this funny is this funny Mm. uh and so i had written 90 new minutes to do a new netflix special that i was supposed to do last year and COVID hit um and so I'll be I'll be recording that in a couple of months. So what you guys will be seeing Wednesday night oh, cool. is that special before I record it. So
2: Oh, that's outstanding. Yeah. Uh, that's really good. Yeah. Well, Jeff, thank you. Uh, Jeff is playing the RP Funding Center in Lakeland Wednesday night. JeffFoxworthy.com for tickets and Ticketmaster.com as well. Uh, thank you for uh, coming out with us. It's nice to talk to you.
1: Are you kidding? This was a blast, man. Thank you for having me.
2: Cool, Thanks, Jeff. Jeff. Good luck. Very cool. Keep All doing what right, you do. There you go. Jeff Foxworthy, everybody. Ticketmaster.com and JeffFoxworthy.com on uh, Wednesday night in Lakeland. Very cool. Nice fellow. Yeah, I know. Like nice guy. He's rich. Coming up, <laughs> he doesn't like you that much. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Coming up in about uh, 15, 20 minutes or so, we'll get to a uh, top ten list where you guess what's on the top ten and try to win the bounty prize. At 2 o'clock, another $1,000 bone bonus.